When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverStreamAndRoll.com. I'm Christian Rebus, joined by Jacob Rood, on the heels of what was a not-so-successful road trip for the Lakers, but it is really hard to analyze this team in its current iteration, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about why right now, uh, but before we get into that, as always, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, it's this Lakers season has obviously been I I don't even know one of the weirdest seasons ever, and this was the first probably the first time this season that I just had zero expectation for this team, and uh, it made the game fun. That was honestly like an enjoyable game. I I went into that game even with the Bulls. Uh, honestly, I was surprised the game was played. Um, I didn't think the Bulls would be able to kind of clear, get enough players and uh, COVID cases ending and whatnot, isolations. Didn't think they'd be able to do that uh, within like seven days. So surprised they played. But even with that, I just kind of expected the Lakers to get blown out because they they have 10 players and one of the or two of them are two-way guys, and one of them is Isaiah Thomas, who wasn't in the league. One of them tonight was Ariza making his debut. I was like, there's no shot this team is going to be able to do anything. The fact that that game was went down to the the final possessions, I was stunned. So honestly, I, I legitimately had a lot of fun watching this game. Absolutely. And you know, it, it is funny because this is one of those games that I probably would have skipped out on uh, if I was doing something interesting. Uh, I did go to a squid game birthday party for my six-year-old cousin, all his idea. He was the man in the black mask. Uh, <laughs> I That's like 99% of the reason he wanted a squid game party. He thought that character was cool or at least looked cool um, and wanted to dress up as him. But Halloween is obviously past, and this was the closest thing you could get to it. So I did have fun the first half of the party. The second <laughs> half when the games ended, uh, I did not make it to the end. Uh, but I'm still here. That's the good news. Um, but the second half of the party, I watched the Lakers game. And yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, did not expect it to be at all. And part of that game being fun was once again, Isaiah Thomas, 13 points on five of 11 shooting from the field, including three of seven shooting from three point range, uh, made his debut against the Minnesota Timberwolves on Friday. Obviously the Lakers did not play well, but Isaiah Thomas led the team in scoring off of the bench with 19 points overall. This pretty, at least to me, surprising performances. I know you last season, when part of your job covering the NBA was covering the Pelicans, uh, kind of saw this coming. But even from a physical standpoint, I think he just looks a little more comfortable. And, you know, his body is doing the things he wants it to do a little more now. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, 
I I'm not surprised this is what he is doing. Uh, he had I want to say it was actually two 10 day contracts with the Pelicans last year when I was covering Lonzo. He I mean, this is largely what he looked like. Like he was good. Uh, that Pelicans team was a mess. And Stan Van Gundy is a very or was a very stubborn, I guess, is the word I'll use coach. Um, and just really didn't give. I didn't think gave Isaiah Thomas a, a fair shot. I thought Isaiah played well in New Orleans and he just didn't really get much of a shot. So uh, there was some apprehension uh, among people in our slack when they signed him and i was pretty earnestly saying no this i think this will be fine uh, that was even before this got this whole covid situation got as bad as it was um i was stunned he was in the starting lineup tonight uh listen if you would have told me at any point uh in this season if you'd have told me back in september that we would have a lineup with Russ, Isaiah Thomas, Wayne Ellington, LeBron, and DeAndre Jordan, a starting lineup, I would have, I would have thought we were competing for like the number one pick. I don't even know. I don't think we on a draft pick. Like the fact that that lineup started, and that we still only lost by five, is wild to me. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to it, like this is largely what he was able to do in New Orleans. I st- I thought then, and I still think now that he has a role in the NBA. I get a lot of Carmelo vibes from him. How mm-hmm. there's this kind of preconceived notion or idea about him that has led to him being left out of the league, and he's still capable as basically the role Melo has as kind of a bench scorer uh, and just this microwave score type of guy. Um, I honestly wouldn't be mad if the Lakers signed him the rest of the year in favor of, or over a Avery Bradley or a um, DeAndre Jordan, although that's not a like for like, obviously. But I wouldn't be mad if the Lakers signed him. He brings a lot to the table offensively. He's a good shooter. Uh, and he kind of has that microwave scoring ability, but ultimately, yeah, I, he played well. Uh, I didn't watch Friday's game. He played well on Sunday. He, he had a couple threes in the second half that missed pretty badly. I I would imagine there's some conditioning, uh, there. He played 32 minutes tonight. Um, I'd imagine some of that was conditioning and the fact that he hasn't been playing NBA games, but overall I, I was impressed with him and, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they have them for 10 days. I'm not really sure what's going to happen after that, but um, I don't know if the Lakers will keep them. I, I would think even just through these two games that he's probably earned a shot somewhere in the league this season, if it isn't with the Lakers after this. Yeah. So the Lakers, from what I understand, there, there are some, change some some tweaks made to the cba that we're going to talk about uh in the second half of the show but my general understanding of the position the lakers are in with isaiah thomas right now is they can only sign him to a second 10-day contract if they are granted another hardship exception because 
in a regular NBA season, which we can fully say this is not. Um, I mean, <laughs> games are being played, whether or not we want them to. Um, and, you know, Isaiah Thomas was not starting on Sunday because the Lakers just gave him the starting lineup off of a 10-day contract. The Lakers have one, two, three, four, five players in health and safety protocols right now, which is uh, six. Who who am I missing? I got Reeves. I, I got Malik Monk, Dwight Howard, Taylor Horton Tucker, Avery Bradley, and Kent Bazemore. Uh, I'm pulling it up now. I know that on oh, Frank Vogel. Uh, <laughs> it's it's Reeves, Monk, Avery Bradley, Tht, Dwight, and Bazemore are your six players in. COVID protocols, uh, none was in them and came out of them. And then, yeah, you have Vogel, Handy, uh, and Michael Thompson. Crazy. Dave Fisdale, coaching the Lakers in December, just yeah. like we all predicted. Uh, and I, they, uh, played, they played hard. My agenda in the dirt. <laughs> they, uh, I think a microcosm of this season was in the pregame presser when David Fisdale, serving as the interim head coach for Frank Vogel, uh, announced that Trevor Ariza was in the rotation 24 hours after Anthony Davis was ruled out for a month. Uh, this season, I earnestly had the thought when um, when uh, AD, sorry, when AD got hurt, I don't, does this like current iteration of the roster ever play together fully healthy? Because you're going to be bumping up. You're going to be past the deadline for Avery Bradley's contract to guarantee you're closing in on the trade deadline at that point. Like, I don't know if this current version of the roster is ever going to get a look uh, fully healthy. And even if they do, it's probably not going to be an extended look because uh, that trade deadline is going to come up pretty fast by the time AD's back and in uh, rehabbed and back on the court. Yeah, I, God, and that's why this Isaiah Thomas situation is so interesting to me, because I agree he has earned another shot in the NBA, like a, like a guaranteed contract or, you know, at least another 10 day, Mm -hmm. but standard NBA contracts, uh, at least 10 day contracts can't be signed until January 5th uh, under normal circumstances. The NBA announced, or I should say Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported today that the NBA was making uh, tweaks to the CBA that will allow teams to sign an additional replacement player for every player that tests positive for COVID on the team. Uh, It's effectively a hardship exception without the three-player requirement which is great i for one and i'm curious to to hear your thoughts on this i'm in i'm in favor of nba rosters expanding permanently to like 10 players you have your 15 guaranteed roster spots three two-way contracts and two like designated veterans for your g league teams not only does it add veteran presence to a G league locker room that is made up primarily of undrafted college guys or players coming straight out of high school. We've seen it a little bit with, you know, Jarrett Jack playing for the G league ignite last season and 
there just seems to be more of a willingness for former NBA players to play in the G League as opposed to overseas. Uh, I think the the league should capitalize on that. That's obviously not this, but it's effectively the same thing. And I, I personally, uh, even before all of this, you know, health and safety protocols and, you know, living through the pandemic, I think it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I'm all for expanded rosters in general, um, especially with the way the Lakers like to build their rosters of late where you have your Jared Dudleys, your um, I mean, when when they're healthy, your Rondos this year, guys like that who they want to have at the end of the bench as a voice, a veteran presence, <clears throat> whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm for kind of expanding it. Mello talked after the game today um, that obviously the circumstances for why it's happening are awful with the pandemic, but the fact that this is opening the door for veterans to potentially come back like your, like Isaiah Thomas, Mm -hmm. who probably deserved another shot uh, guys like that to come back and get this shot. Um, it's going to be beneficial to them, but just in general, like I would be open to expanding the rosters. I think the league would push back against that because that would uh, make teams probably more likely to rest players. Mm -hmm. If you have an expanded roster and they really, really don't like that, but yeah, I'm all for it because getting a guy like, Isaiah Thomas back in the league. I mean, there's a whole bunch of veterans that I didn't even know were playing in the G League this season as I was kind of looking up some names the Lakers could potentially sign. Uh, There's guys in there that still want to play, some of them probably more deserving of a shot than others. But, yeah, I I always – I don't think I've ever said this about a Celtic. I always enjoyed Isaiah Thomas. Uh, he, he was so like enjoyable of a story that he transcended the hatred I have for every Celtic when they put on that Jersey. Uh, he was, he was always such a, I mean, it's cliche, like a feel good story. Um, I'm sure Lakers fans kind of, uh, rooted for him more when the Celtics treated him the way they did on the, on his way out. Uh, and it really sucked because he went from kind of joking about backing up the Brinks truck for a contract he 100% had earned. Mm-hmm. I did. I had forgotten. Billy Mack said it uh, in the on, during the game today. He was fifth in MVP voting. Uh, I want to say 2016, whatever year that was. Um, I forgot how just the high he was at, and it really it it sucks because he went from that high to having to play in the G league to earn a 10 day contract. Um, so I'm happy that he's back in the league. Uh, again, he looked good tonight. It, it's wild what the, this, this Lakers team um, was able to do tonight because some of the lineups they were throwing out there, the guys that they were playing. Um, I mean, there were there were Rondo Russ lineups. There were Rondo IT lineups. There were there was 36 minutes of Wayne Ellington 
Trevor Ariza played 15 minutes in his debut and closed the game. Um, the fact that this team was able to keep this competitive, again, I can't say enough about just the fight they had. Uh, LeBron was incredible, especially defensively. Uh, he had a couple blocks on the night. Um, I thought Russ played well. I know there were some people upset with that shot he took against Vucevic late. I, I trust, I overall trust him going one-on-one with a center on the opposing team. And I didn't think it was an awful shot. It was a shot at the rim. Um, but those two, I thought carried the load quite a bit. Mello, uh, apparently somebody told him that he was in the Staples center because he was making huge shot after huge <laughs> shot, uh, especially late. So, um, I just I, I I was just so impressed by the fight this team had because I, I expected this to be a, a blowout in the first quarter and you couldn't even really put your bench in because they weren't going to have one. So uh, I'm in, I'm impressed, surprised. I think there's stuff that they can take moving forward. Like there was LeBron played at center a lot. Uh, this was, I thought, probably DeAndre Jordan's worst game of the season. Uh, he got really exposed, albeit Vucevic is probably the worst type of matchup for him, a pick and pop big. Um, they were trying lots of things to try to help him. Uh, he obviously started off in drop coverage. DeRozan uh, torched him on that. And then playing drop coverage against a pick and pop big is a death sentence. And Vucevic knocked down a couple threes. They switched it up at halftime and – they had him showing higher off the screens and they had LeBron or whoever was on the weak side corner helping all the way to the front of the rim to cover the roll man. And it kind of worked, but the fact that DeAndre, the only center on the team did not start in the second half, I thought was pretty telling. Yeah. And so the LeBron at center lineups with Ariza and Mello uh, and then Russ and it was probably Ellington out there. there there's something to that, I think. That's probably a, a type of lineup that they had envisioned. Um, I thought Ariza looked good for a guy playing his first game since whenever last season in March, April, whatever it was. Um, I thought he looked good, and you, you can understand why the team kind of sees him as the key to unlocking so much of the – offense and defense for this this roster yeah i i thought dj not playing basically the second half uh was really interesting i don't anticipate that'll be the case with ad out for a month question mark longer than that at least a month but uh i mean what definitely when ad's healthy i think we saw that dj wasn't in Vogel's plans and you know if you have somebody on a guaranteed salary whether it's DeAndre Jordan or Rajon Rondo and you can't play them when your roster is depleted why are they there that is my question and that that's why like it's like you said it's not a like for like replacement DJ for Isaiah Thomas you have to as much as Lakers fans hate to hear this, you do need more than one center on the roster. Um, but God, that that is so like 
demoralizing to look towards the end of your bench and go, ah, man, I forgot you guys can't play. So, I mean, I guess this is what we're doing. (laughs) The, that was part of the reason that they reportedly didn't keep Jared Dudley is that they wanted like everybody on the roster to be able to play. Um, DeAndre Jordan might have a willingness to play, but he does not have the ability to anymore. Uh, I was trying to find the tweet because he had a sequence. Um, yeah, he had a sequence where Russ kind of gave him a little drop pass in the dunker spot. And he he was at the edge of the paint and lo- just earnestly like he kind of looked at the rim and realized there was no shot. He was going to be able to get a shot off. So he had to pass out and that. It was a mess, that possession. He had a rotation. The Lakers, whenever there's a mismatch on the perimeter, uh, they like to double that and force it out of their hand. And that requires everybody to rotate behind that. And when they did that, everybody rotated until it got to the corner. And DeAndre is just standing 10 feet away from the hoop, staring at Lonzo Ball. And it was a three-pointer. And then there was a, it was a, I can't remember the exact situation, but it ended up, um, he got switched onto Caruso and Caruso just stood at the three point line and shot a three that DeAndre just didn't close out on. And then also he did not get the rebound. And it was, it was all that in like one stint. And it was late in the first half. And I would imagine that's why he didn't start the second half. It's, I think part of it is an effort thing. I think a lot of it is he physically cannot do those things anymore. And yeah, you just can't, it feels really harsh, but like, I thought it was as glaring as ever tonight that he, he can't play in the NBA anymore. And that was probably something that the Nets knew last year and the Lakers should have known. Um, but when you have one active center on your roster, no matter how modern the game is that he only played 20 minutes tonight is well, 21 minutes rounded up. That is rough. So I'm interested to see they were, they're absolutely, uh, with these, uh, replacement players, they're absolutely going to sign at least one big, possibly multiple, um, I'm interested to see because it's going to be even more telling if they sign a replacement player and that player plays over DeAndre because that tonight was as rough as it's been. Again, the matchup wasn't great, but that's what the modern NBA is, is just stretching out to the perimeter. And he just looked, he looked as old as he has all season tonight. I have a trade for you. I'm listening. And then, and then we'll uh, go to the break. But I do have a proposition. I understand the Kings probably don't need another guard. I get that. I understand. Uh, I also understand that most Lakers fans would not see this as fair value for Kendrick Dunn. And if that's the case, I think you get a third team involved. You know, make all things good on, on, on you know, for every party, but the framework of the deal 
involves the Lakers sending out DeAndre Jordan, Kent Bazemore, and Kendrick Nunn out, and them receiving Mo Harkless and Damian Jones. Again, sending Kendrick Nunn out in addition to those two players and only getting Harkless and Damian Jones, you can probably get a second-round pick in addition to that, whether it's from the Kings or another team. Uh, But if you can't, truth be told, if you're looking at the net gain of that trade being Damian Jones, Maurice Harkless, and potentially like an Isaiah Thomas, Mm -hmm. I do that trade. I don't hate it. I have... I'm worried about the fact that there's just no updates repeatedly on Kendrick Nunn. The most we continue to get is he's a ways away. And the closest we've gotten to any sort of timeline was he's not going to play in 2021. Uh, I'm concerned about what, what is going on there. That, I don't know. That'd be an interesting deal. Um, You get back two players who immediately are going to be in the rotation and immediately be helpful to this team. Um, I don't, I, this team needs more wings and it needs to replace DeAndre. So I could see it's not going to be like, um, what year was it when the Cavs just completely reshaped the roster at the trade deadline, Mm -hmm. 2018, somewhere around there. It's not going to be quite that, but I could see this Lakers team, swapping a lot of pieces on the fringe deandre i think could leave be cut or possibly traded i'd be surprised if somebody trades for him um avery bradley will see his deadline for his guarantee is coming up um i i don't know i would imagine they want to keep rondo we'll see what they think about kendrick nunn whether he's going to be available because they need somebody like he was signed to a contract that they needed him to contribute and they need somebody in that role to contribute. Um, So I could see this team reshaping kind of around the edges and getting in a different set of guys who can contribute because for, we haven't seen this whole roster together, but we've seen a lot of the pieces like that to know that like DeAndre Jordan ain't going to cut it no matter what version of this team there is. Um, Avery Bradley, is he that much better than some of these other guards worth paying him, uh, his worth guaranteeing his contract? Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I obviously haven't watched the Kings hardly at all this year, so I don't know how Mo Harkless is doing. I know Damian Jones had a big game the other night, so I wouldn't be against it. Um, that, That'd be tough, though, because if Kendrick Nunn is healthy, I think he's a perfect fit for this team. But that if they do that, I'm assuming that they know Kendrick Nunn isn't getting healthy. I listen. I've seen enough from Isaiah Thomas. I think uh, <laughs> two games. Yeah, that's it. I'm you know, I'm easy. All right. I'm an impression. I'm, I'm an impressionable man. And uh, Isaiah Thomas has made quite the impression on me. We're going to take a quick break and then uh, we will get into more Lakers roster stuff. We mentioned not too long ago in the show, it's only like a 40 minute podcast um, that the NBA is making changes to its CBA uh, to adapt to 
this hellscape that we're in with this pandemic. <laughs> um, replacement players for every player that tests positive on the Lakers and right now, or sorry, not on the Lakers. God, imagine uh, owner the owners' meetings where it's like, yeah. The rest of you guys are screwed. The Lakers, <laughs> I know you guys are having a tough season. So the anti-David <laughs> Um, But the Lakers currently right now, uh, as we also noted, have six players that are in the NBA's health and safety protocols. Uh, Lord willing, that number will drop and stay low uh, going forward. But right now, that's the reality of the situation. If the Lakers do decide to sign those replacement players, which I believe they should, because <laughs> well, they have they have to sign two more. the The way it was, the way Shams reported it, uh, the NBA teams will now be required to sign one replacement player when they have two posi- two positive tests on the roster. For three, you have to sign two, and for four or more, you you have to sign three. So. Uh, Isaiah is one. They have to sign two more, and they could sign up to five more. Like mm-hmm. you could do, you could, you can have one replacement player for every person on the kind of COVID or health and safety protocols. So they have to sign two, and they can sign up to five, which is wild. Wild times we're living in. Uh, I saw somebody tweet today that uh, I saw two tweets that made me laugh. One that. Uh, if Master P was born in this decade, he would probably <laughs> be getting a call up from an NBA team right now. Uh, and also that Jeremy Lin and Jimmer Fredette are salivating at the lips right now. <laughs> I haven't looked. Uh, I don't know if I think Jeremy Lin kind of had that post in the offseason that seemed to indicate he was done trying uh, in the NBA. Yeah, he he had kind of he's he wasn't retiring but he was kind of done with the nba uh i uh, he's another guy that i don't really know why he got out of the league and couldn't come back in um yeah it's going to be interesting to see it's going to be a mix of g league guys going to be a mix of some veterans that we haven't heard their name in a while uh i'm interested to see who who is targeted and who the Lakers specifically target in the next day or so. I'm assuming they probably want these guys before the Phoenix game. So they may have already been signing people by the time you're listening to this. Are there any players that just immediately jump out to you as either good fits or you can just see the Lakers signing them? (laughs) Unfortunately, that latter point. Yeah. Lance Stevenson is in the, G League, uh, Michael Beasley was floating around in the summer league. I don't know. Neither of them necessarily fill a need. Like the biggest thing that they need right now is a center and probably another guard. I mean, honestly, probably another center, but I don't think they're going to sign two centers. Uh, the One of the first names I saw that would be interesting was Jordan Bell. Um, He has kind of floated around on the fringes of NBA rosters. He was the Lakers traded for him and then cut him at one point. Um, But he just as a center that uh, can eat up some minutes. I could see him. Greg Monroe is in the G league. 
another guy that's floated around from roster to roster without doing a whole lot in recent years. Um, if you're looking in-house, really the only center option on the South Bay Lakers, I'm not even really sure he's at center, is Cam Oliver. He's more of a forward, just a super athletic guy. He might be able to just kind of be that dunker spot lob threat. Like he, he can dunk anything. So uh, the Lakers really seem to actually be embracing this positionless basketball stuff. So maybe they sign Cam and think that LeBron can do enough kind of defending centers and him and Cam and Ariza and Mello that they can get away with it. Um, the other kind of veteran name for big men is Bismack Biombo. I've seen a lot of people mention. I watched Bismack Biombo last year. Super nice guy. One of the nicest guys possible. Like uh-huh. he, he uh, <laughs> I love doing pressers with him. Uh, he was incredible. Uh, not certain he's better than DeAndre Jordan. Uh, he has the worst set of hands you have ever seen. Uh, and he would not be frustrating in the ways DeAndre Jordan is frustrating, but he, I don't know that he's better than DeAndre Jordan is all I'll say. So I don't think he could execute the way the Lakers want to play defense any better than DeAndre is right now. He's a better like actual just rim protector, but he's also much worse offensively. He can't eat a lot of those uh, passes Russ lays off to DeAndre for kind of easy dunks where he picks up a lot of his points. Uh, I watched Biombo drop those from LaMelo a lot last year. So I would warn a lot of fans who seem to want to swap DeAndre for Biombo that I don't think that would make you any happier. It'd make you a different kind of mad. Uh, but those guys are really the main ones for uh, kind of big men. I have some guards down, but for big men, those are there. There's probably more names and, but I, I think the team will skew more towards guys with experience yeah, um, versus some relatively younger player, just because this team is trying to win now and not win in the future. I think that's probably the right call. Like if there is a young player in the Lakers, farm system or even in the g league that seems like they're on the cusp of getting a guaranteed nba contract you know i think maybe then it would be worth it but then again that's what the g league showcase is for that's when the most uh nba contracts are handed out and as as we noted january 5th is is the date that standard 10-day nba contracts are signed and that's when a lot of them get 10-day contracts Right now, I think the safest bet would to would be to call up an NBA veteran player and you know kind of uh, use that as an opportunity for them to establish themselves and try out for NBA teams. Uh, because as exciting as a, lo- a lot of the talent in the G League is, I think if you're a contender, or at least a theoretical contender like the Lakers uh, or the Nets or you know. That, that those are the players you are hoping to make a gamble on and, and hope that they can contribute. So I agree. I agree. The Lakers will likely go in that direction. There's a player as you were talking, I was like, 
damn, I wonder what, what he's up to. And it was Ed Davis. But Ed Davis plays for the Cavaliers, unfortunately. Ed Davis is my homeboy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I saw some people also mention Devontae. Black. Well, yeah. <laughs> Another former Laker big man. Uh, Devontae Kaycock, uh, unfortunately, is signed to a two-way deal with the Spurs. So uh, unless they trade for him, he is not somebody that they can sign. But. I mean, I'm down. I loved Tark Black. So what? Uh, oh, the uh, the former Kansas big man that played on those teams. Thomas Robinson, like, baby. Thomas Robinson, get him to come in as well. Yeah, Robert Sacre. What's he doing? <laughs> Is he done doing dunk contests? And was it Japan? If he can come over, then I'm down. Uh, let's just find Roy Hibbert. Frank Vogel has history with him. <laughs> Bring him over. Yeah, the Lance. It's the Lance Stevenson thing. I do not want, but I could totally see it happening. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. Glenn Robinson the third is another name that I've seen thrown out there with ties to Frank Vogel, and I think I'd prefer that to Lance Stevenson for many reasons. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, man, listen, we've said this before about James Ennis, and maybe Isaiah Thomas's recent performance renders those points moot. But a lot of the free agents that are available right now are available for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not super confident that with the limited minutes that they get, they'll make a case for a full-time spot on the Lakers roster. I'm also curious to see how, because we still have a lot of regular season basketball left. I'm very curious to see how this works. Yeah. Like, throughout the season because this we're going through a surge right now and i'm hoping to god that this is it for a while uh when it comes to positive cases and you know players missing games but it probably won't be Mm -mm. if that's the case do do they just have these guys waiting by the phone like that's what's wild to me and i think when you think about it that way Calling up somebody that like like Cam Oliver, that's just in their farm system, makes a little more sense. Uh, but who knows? Honestly, with how stupid this season has been and how <laughs> depleted the Lakers roster is, you could just bring in like a remember this guy, and I'd be hyped. I'd be hyped for every game. Um, that's basically the concept of the big three in the throwback Thursday league. Uh, <laughs> doing it at the highest level I, I'm all in. Where's Wesley Johnson? I watched an interview with him last year where he said he's not in the NBA anymore because he thinks that the NBA has no uh that's a word he used. It, it was something along the lines of the NBA is just a shooter's league now. You don't actually play basketball in the NBA now. If you can't shoot, you're you're not valued there. And I'm like, Wesley Johnson. He couldn't shoot. So I saw I can you. Understand like, that. <laughs> to quote, to quote Nikias Duncan, we saw you. There's, mm-hmm. there's film of you playing basketball. That's not why you're not in the NBA, but it's possible. What I'm saying is, give him a call. Xavier uh, Henry, Kendall I Marshall. Can't, <laughs> can't back you up on Wesley Johnson. The last Wesley Johnson memory I have is James Harden crossing him into oblivion, staring <laughs> at him, and then hitting a three pointer. I wrote down a couple other names more as guards that include some remember this or remember me guys. 
One other in-house option is Mason Jones, who has been kind of tearing it up for the South Bay Lakers as a guard. Um, I don't know how many of those they need. Uh, Jamario Jones, there's a remember this guy. <laughs> um, uh, he's in the G League. Honestly, I searched by – the first way I did it was search by rebounding and because <laughs> after what the Lakers did or didn't do when it came to offensive rebounding – on Sunday, that's what I was looking for most. And Jamario Jones absolutely can rebound. Um, Nick Stauskas, there's a guy. Sauce Castillo. He is <laughs> I, in the G League. I, I didn't realize that until the other day. I um, It was Isaiah Thomas's 43-point game or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he was playing against Nick Stauskas, I believe. I was like, what the hell? It's like <laughs> you and Jimmer Fredette are the same player and uh yeah it's really funny i also watched some lance highlights and i i got some bad news for you guys he's looks like the same player he's in better shape maybe uh he seems to have gotten a nice haircut beyond that i think you're looking at pretty much the same player and god how old is he now my guess is 32 do you have any guesses uh i bet he's not that old and i bet you'd be i bet he's probably maybe 31 he is 31 wow yeah yeah he's not uh, not that old at all but again this is not me advocating <laughs> this is me <laughs> cautioning the one saving grace i would say to talk you off the ledge for lance stevenson i don't want to be talked off the ledge <laughs> Let me jump. That, well no, no 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 as in like they're not gonna sign him is he was brought in to be like a ball handler playmaker and the team has plenty of that now with Russ. So the, the role he plays isn't needed on this Lakers team, but it wasn't needed on the last Lakers team he played on. So I, I don't know why they signed him then. Um, Michael, give me Michael Beasley. Honestly, Anthony Davis no. is going to be out for a month. You need buckets. Call no. Michael Beasley every God, every day. Somebody that can't guard him is born. <laughs> yeah, and then he had the the wrong number he typed out or whatever. Yeah, um, it was like 800,000 people yeah, can't dude, guard him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Beasley. Do not bring him back. Uh, Carson Edwards is another one I wrote down. And unfortunately, another former Celtic. But um, you can't – he's basically a mini, literally, version of Isaiah Thomas. So – that would be an either-or thing. There's no way you could roster both those guys. Juwan Morgan, I had to throw in there as a homer pick, former IU guy. Uh, he's He actually might make some sense. He's uh, kind of more of a stretch four, stretch five a little bit. Um, he played with the Jazz uh, when they the last couple seasons, um, but they didn't extend a qualifying offer to him. And I believe he's playing for the main Red Claws right now. Um, so I, I honestly don't really know who they're going to sign other than I know it's going to be at least one center. Um, this team badly, badly need, needs bigs as much as, as much success as LeBron has, has had, and will continue to have playing at center. Um, this team needs some bigs to put out there. I almost felt bad. I did feel bad for LeBron tonight because this was one of the first times in a while he was really, really giving a damn on defense. And he was contesting shots at the rim. He was uh, 
Um, switching on to guys, he took DeRozan a couple times unsuccessfully, but nobody successfully defended DeRozan tonight. Um, and he was playing really hard on defense. It led to him taking some some possessions off on offense. That's what you get Russ for, though, and the Lakers really could not make make good on that. Um, but, yeah, the, they need bodies so that you're not having Russ, LeBron play 39 minutes and Russ play 38 minutes and Isaiah Thomas playing 32 minutes and Wayne Ellington playing 36 minutes all right now like that is entirely too much for all of those guys for various reasons and they just really need a lot of bodies right now so i'm mainly interested in how many people they sign because again i would think they want them in the building by tuesday and they could sign up to five of them so there might be a lot of signing news on monday you can't convince me that wayne ellington (laughs) didn't miss that three-pointer on purpose at the end of the game because he did not want to play in overtime again (laughs) the uh it's wild that this feels like a month ago that this road trip started with that dallas game and austin reeves game winner and literally everything from that (laughs) from the next day (laughs) forward has just been hell everybody going into protocols and uh your little peek behind the curtain is uh, Harrison takes Sundays off and he sent me a message Saturday night that said, Hey, I did a pre-write for a potential positive uh, COVID oh, test God. or uh, somebody entering health and safety protocols. And I said, that's kind of ominous. And he said, well, this has all been very ominous. I woke up this morning to Frank Vogel and Kent Bazemore entering COVID protocol or health and safety protocols. So he was hundred percent right and like it saved us writing that story but that's just kind of there are probably going to be more lakers going into health and safety protocols um at at some point this season maybe in the coming days like as we've kind of said this is not going away it's not like this is a the surge is done within the lakers and it's going away like um i would imagine others go into it but this is it's it's the nature of the league right now. That's what the guys are kind of saying. David Fizda literally said it's the Hunger Games right now. Um, I'm not sure I can I can agree with that, but uh, it's uh, it's some rough times out there. So I, it's going to be interesting to see. There's going to be a lot of replacement players signed across the league, basically. So it's going to be interesting to see all these names that are about to pop up in the next couple of days. I, out of respect for you, will not ask you to make a Jennifer Lawrence NBA comp. Although, knowing you, it is either Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Uh, no, I'll say Kobe. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, that is that is our show for this week. Um, sure, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Hopefully, good things. The Lakers went. One and three or one and two would have gone 0 and three had it not been for Austin Reeves, the god. So, not the best or most successful road trip. But again, anybody who is taking anything away from these games, other than there's basketball on right now, um, go outside, touch grass. Uh, it's cold out here, though. Maybe you just go away from your TV. Yeah. But yeah or- there, there was a lot of like hyper analyzing in my mentions, like, 
oh, we couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. I'm like, guys, Isaiah Thomas played 33 minutes tonight. Let's come, come on. Like we're not, don't take anything big away from these games. Just, just get through this for a while until it, it becomes somewhat normal again. I understand, you know, it's getting a little colder in California. If you live here, hear this, but I promise you, you can log off, go outside. Uh, a little vitamin D can't hurt you. That's uh, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll catch you next week.